Getting hit? There's a podcast for that, and you're listening to it. The Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y. Save the Date is hosted by comedian, author, and all-around wedding lover, Alicia McCormack. My guest today is pretty influential, and I don't say that lightly. Rachel Wilkerson-Miller is a senior lifestyle editor at BuzzFeed, little company you might have heard of, and I bet one million podcast dollars, of which I really don't have any of, uh, if you are on the internet and planning a wedding, you have read or shared one of Rachel's wonderful posts. In fact, if you spend any time on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook or Twitter page, you would have definitely read her posts because I love sharing them. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What a delight it is to have you on board. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and talk weddings. It's one of my <laughs> very favorite topics. Doing a little bit of uh, internet stalking as we now do, and that seems to be a legitimate thing to do now. You have written a lot about weddings in your career. I have. I have very uh, strong opinions on the topic. Yay! We love strong opinions. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I would say probably most people on the internet actually have strong opinions about weddings. That's one oh thing God. you'll find if you ever are brave enough to go into the comment section uh, of any of those articles. Very strong opinions. It is. And you know what's really funny? I was reading on, um, I think it was a practical wedding a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, and there was an article that was about wedding shaming. And I was like, shit, is this where we are in society now where people put up photos of their wedding? I know it's happened with babies and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. People sort of going, well, I don't like what she's wearing and getting really bitchy. Yeah, absolutely. People feel completely comfortable doing that, uh, talking about, you know, the weddings of celebrities, the weddings of complete strangers, stuff with, you know, a friend they went to high school with. I think that's part of the problem with Facebook is that you're connected with these people that you don't actually feel a connection to. And so you see their pictures, you know, maybe they were in the wedding or went to the wedding. And so you feel completely licensed to have an opinion about it. Um, and people say really cruel things sometimes. They really do. And I just think it's one of those, but well, it's such a personal day and it's such a, you Extremely. know, yeah, you wear what you want to wear, you do what you want to do and it's the best day. And, you know, even if people would go, oh, I think that's a hacky looking wedding, it's probably the best day of their lives. Yeah. And it's nobody's business, really. I mean, a lot of the things that people comment on are really just a matter of of taste and aesthetics and to some degree culture. Mm. Um, And it's like, you know what? Who cares if you like her dress or not? She doesn't really care whether you like her dress or not. Why do you feel the need to say something to, you know? And I think it's a matter of people think that if the, the bride or the couple can't hear it, then, oh, who cares? Who am I hurting? But I think that that it hurts other people who are reading those comments and who maybe are planning their own wedding and suddenly start to internalize those comments that even though they weren't directly about them, the attitudes expressed to them are so toxic and they really get stuck in your head when I think when you're planning. You know, the internet has really given the mean girls another mm-hmm. whole area where they can be anonymous and just be assholes and yep. feel like they're not hurting anyone, but they really are. You're totally they right. Are. They are, and they're hurting themselves too. I think then, you know, when they comes time for them to plan their wedding, I think there's a lot of people who suddenly understand maybe where um, a, a couple was coming from with the decisions they made, or realize how hard it is to plan a wedding in this day and age, um, and to please everyone, and to do it on a budget. And you know, there's you get shamed for spending too much, you get shamed for not spending enough. It's just another way. I think women are damned if they do and damned if they don't, and it, it all does come down on the women more than anything. I've been sort of saying in a way I'd like to I hope that this is sort of a feminist podcast not even about weddings in the sense that people bang on about the sisterhood but the sisterhood are the first ones to backstab each other when shit gets weird or 
have an opinion. So I really hope that by doing what you do with your wonderful posts and also with the podcast, we can at least level out some of that shit that goes down with women being bad to each other. I hope so. I think that there is this um, underlying current of, of competition that I think it's uh, put on women at such a young age that by the time you're an adult and, and old enough to comment, it's really hard to get that out of your head that we're not in competition with each other. But it certainly feels that way a lot of times. And I see where that anxiety comes from that leads people to say things like that and to feel like they need to cut others down. But at the same time, it's like you're an adult. We live in a society. Knock it off. Yeah. Don't. You know, like there's there's really an excuse for, for treating people like shit. Yeah, just shut your mouths. Yeah, exactly. I just think keyboard warriors need to go to the – this is a special place for keyboard warriors. Uh, it's so true. <laughs> I would say, you know, the flip side is that there are a lot of very positive, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are, there are some very, there are some pockets of very positive, uh, people planning weddings on the internet. Um, a practical wedding is one of them. I would say, um, I've actually found that the wedding planning community on Reddit is really fantastic. Uh Um, and Reddit has a pretty bad reputation, I think, in a lot of instances. Um, and there's certainly other parts of Reddit where you will find people shaming people for their weddings, which makes me really sad. But the, the subreddit wedding planning specifically, I feel like it's very positive and supportive overall from what I've seen. I don't spend a ton of time there, but. Well, coming coming from you, that's really good because Reddit sometimes freaks the hell out of me and I get on and get overwhelmed and then go, I'm not part of this community properly. I've got to get off. You're freaking me out. Totally. (laughs) I think one way I kind of judge it is whether people are like sharing things that they're doing confidently. And I see that a lot within that community. Um, and it's a sign that to me, like that they're comfortable enough to say, like, I got my dress. I'm so excited. Here it is. Where, whereas on some other forums on the web devoted to weddings, I think um, people might be less comfortable saying that. Look, to be honest, I always find. I mean, I, I'm sure, like you, spent a lot of time on the interwebs looking at wedding things. And there's mm-hmm. certainly been a couple of forums and a couple of Facebook pages where I just don't go back to anymore because I don't like the vibes. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to give you any air or give mm-hmm. you any publicity because you got a shitty yep. attitude. So, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. And unfortunately, there's a lot um, of wedding websites that are, you know, have a lot of followers and a lot of fans and a huge audience. And I think that they're getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're, you know, motivated by the wedding industry and money and tradition and all those things. And, uh, it's really a shame because it's not hard. I don't think to, to cultivate something better and more open and more positive that doesn't involve shaming brides or couples into doing things they don't want to do. Um, but it seems like these older, more established wedding brands seem to have a problem with that. And, and even in fairness, so do some newer blogs as well. So, mm. Well, I say traditions mission. I mean, I just think you make your own traditions, make your own choices when it comes to your wedding day. If you can't make your own choices that day, I mean, what can we do? I know. I completely agree. And I think the refreshing thing is that more couples are doing that and feeling empowered to do that. Um, and that's one way I think that the internet has been wonderful is – uh, these communities allow you to kind of build up the courage to do that and also for people to connect and say, well, I did it this way. You can do the same thing if you want. It gives you permission to to say, you know what, I'm not going to wear a white dress. And here's an example of 20 other women who didn't. And it was totally fine. The world didn't end. So that's, that's one positive of <laughs> internet wedding culture. <laughs> yes. And that's true. Most decisions that come from your wedding, even if you're in the heat, you're listening to this now and you're heat, in the heat of the stress, which you shouldn't be. But perhaps you just need to listen to Rachel's advice and go, the world will not end if you don't have a certain napkin or the shoe that you want. It's just not going right. to make a difference. It's not. And on then your wedding day, it's just 
you were probably the furthest thing from your mind. And um, that said, I don't want to, you know, I find that I, I will allow people to feel their stress and anxiety because, you know, people in their lives very well could be making them feel like yes. that, you know? And yeah. so it's, I completely understand. And, and I hate this, the whole bridezilla thing, I think is just completely ridiculous. It's the, to me, it's the equivalent of calling a woman crazy. Yeah. Um, you can't defend yourself about it. And if you try to, you look emotional and then you get criticized for that. But, you know, especially in places, um, in the United States, at least where those wedding traditions are ingrained, um, it's hard to push back against that. And I think it's, that's the thing about weddings. It's, it's sort of this very public test for your, com- you know, to your community of, of setting your boundaries and saying, this is what we as a couple represent and believe in. And you kind of have to pick the battles that are worth fighting. Mm. And it is that it is that area of like I talk a lot about parental opinions, and of course, when um, money comes into it, that adds a whole other level of pressure from people when mm-hmm. they are going, "Oh, we're going to contribute some money, but do it well, we the way we want you to do it." Absolutely, and yeah. So I mean that that's that is something that people I'm sure have to battle all the time with, as you said, picking their own the right battles, but also then yeah. going keep everyone happy. Exactly. Well, and also just, I think even if you're paying for it yourself, for a lot of couples, it's probably the most you've ever spent on some things. You know, you're paying $10,000 for a venue and food. Like no one really has thrown around those kind of dollars before on something that is, is uh, non-permanent as a wedding is. And I think just the, the stress of choosing the wrong thing and not having those dollars spent be worth it, it yeah. can be really hard. I had some guests on, wonderful guests on recently who um, run a, a, a company called Pop-Up Weddings in Australia. They do these sort of really laid-back mm-hmm. weddings where you just – they do it all for you. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. But um, Britt, one of the people I was interviewing, said, you know, basically it comes down to thinking about weddings, saying it, a lot of weddings will cost you like a year's salary when you put it all together, you know. Gosh, yeah. You know, and that's a – when you put it in that perspective of going, I'm going to work every day – and that's what I'm going to pay for. It really makes you go, okay, that's reality now. <laughs> yeah, that's I hadn't thought of it like that, but it's completely true. And yeah, the wedding industry has become sort of a monster in, in a sense that like that 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 has been normalized. It's really funny because going back to the the internet commenters, I think that like when they're criticizing a wedding, I, I think a lot of people in general don't realize how much weddings really cost and how far your money goes. Yeah. That like people, and I think particularly older generations will say like, you don't need to spend $20,000 on a wedding. Like I went to, you know, my coworker's daughter's wedding and that wedding wasn't that nice. And it, you know, well, and it was like, yeah, but they didn't realize that that wedding was actually 35 grand. Yes. Um, so, and I, and I think that's like a whole other thing that people don't know how much it costs to throw at a wedding that is actually deemed acceptable. Yeah. Um, and so they criticize these things and say like, well, you should never have, I don't know, plastic silverware. And then, but it's like, well, is it really though? Like, so you're saying that they should have spent like a thousand extra dollars to have silverware. Like, is that the argument you're making then? Like, Really? It's, That's a pretty hard stance to defend. Oh, absolutely. It's nonsensical. And I mean, it goes around mm-hmm. and around and around with expectations and these uh, crazy ideas that people have of what should be done, not just going, hey, just chill out and go with what the couple want. Relax. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so do what you want to do until I don't like it and then don't do what you want to do. <laughs> Let's put that on a t-shirt. That's ready to go. <laughs> Rachel Wilkerson Miller, there is more with you after this short break. Rachel, now you are a senior lifestyle editor at BuzzFeed. I just love the sound of that title, lifestyle <laughs> editor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How did you come to work at BuzzFeed? I've got so many BuzzFeed questions for you. We might be here for the next 12 hours. 
Oh, well, um, that's fine. I love talking about it because it's an awesome job. And uh, so I, like a lot of people, had been, you know, kind of clicking through and ending up on BuzzFeed, seeing cool and funny things on my Facebook feed, you know, for, that friends were posting. And um, then I started to notice that, like, they were doing, like, actually really legitimate stuff, like mm. feminist and addressing racism and all of these things that were just cool and smart that I really liked. And um, I talked to some other journalist friends and kind of was like, hey, have you noticed what BuzzFeed's doing? Like, what are your thoughts on this? And a good friend of mine, um, who's also, who's written about weddings for a long time, was like, yeah, I, I think that's legit. I think you should, you know, start looking into that. Last year, they had just gotten a big investment to um, really build this life section, which had been driving a ton of traffic, and they decided to put resources into it and make it its own vertical uh, on the site. Um, and so I was eager to apply and, and, and lucky and excited and proud to get one of the positions. Well, they're very lucky to have you because, as I said, I really enjoy what you do. And, and just to give um, my listeners, if they don't know, I'm sure, as I said, I'm sure people have clicked on your stuff and would go, oh, yeah, I remember that post. He Recently, you had 25 lazy couple wedding DIY ideas. <laughs> I love that. And I just sort of I posted that to my Facebook group and it got really good feedback of people just going, yeah. It's not necessarily lazy. It's just going, hey, we don't necessarily want to spend 12 hours on minor details uh, right. of stuff. Yeah, and I'm glad the response was, was positive. Um, for me, uh, like half of my wedding was just like spray painting things gold, <laughs> which is like basically my DIY secret to everything that like you can make things look really special <laughs> if you just spray paint them gold. Um, but that's, you know, it's, yes, any sort of DIY requires a bit of effort. But yeah, yeah the lazy sort of like what's the bare minimum you can do to get the, the cool result you want. Um, and, and sometimes DIYing things is just because you're not finding what you're looking for anywhere else. Um, and other times it's because you want to make something special or you want to save money. It kind of depends. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, my wedding, I think had a lot of sort of lazy DIYs where we, 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 it's sort of like that semi homemade idea you do a little bit of it yourself and combine it with some tricks and some store-bought things and you can have an awesome and affordable result. And you do what I say, uh, I like to say is DIY without the why. If in doubt, just go to Etsy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's so many of the things that you, you see DIY versions of. You can also, somebody who's, who's experienced with it can also make it for you and get the same effect a lot of times. And you're, you know, often supporting a, a small business person and another artist. So can't be mad about that. That's true. And you don't need to purchase a glue gun. Exactly. Oh my gosh, the burns I suffered from a glue gun during my wedding were planning were very real. They don't they don't tell you how much that no. glue, how hot that glue really is. It is brutal. I'm yeah. like, oh, you know, letting it. You know, when you put you, you click the little bloody what is it called, the little gun, and it's all mm-hmm. dribbling out everywhere, and I'm trying to right. lap it up with my hands, just going, you idiot. Yes, and and you think in your head it's not going to be that hot, and it is so (laughs) terrible. I will say, this is my tip, though. You can get these little finger covers that are like rubber or silicone. Um, They have them at fabric stores and craft stores. They are worth it. Like if you're if you're doing a lot of crafts, they help a ton. See, this is what we this is why we go to BuzzFeed because Rachel knows stuff like that. (laughs) I burn my fingers with my glue gun, so you don't have to. (laughs) Here's some other posts: thirty three insanely smart ways to save money on your wedding. Again, I loved reading this because you went for feedback for actual couples. It's not just you making stuff up. This is one of my favorite posts. The BuzzFeed community is fantastic, and every time we do one of these where we ask for ideas, um, there's always a moment of crossing your fingers. Hope you're not sure if anyone's going to submit anything or whether they're good ideas or not. And they just came through in a big way. And it was so awesome. Many of the tips that they gave were, um, were very, I wasn't expecting it because I'm so used to the negative sort of attitude about weddings. Mm. Um, particularly we got a ton of people saying that they didn't have traditional wedding flowers. Um, 
And I love flowers. I love looking at pictures of them. I love floral arranging. I think they're beautiful, but they're very expensive and just not, it's not even a, oh, you can do it easier or you can do it better yourself. Why not? Why pay somebody? It's more like some people just don't have it in their budget to do it. Yeah. Um, and so to hear so many people say like, you know, like I had silk flowers and it was fine. Like, you know, like I, <laughs> we still got married even though I, I did my own flowers and, and I have no ill will toward florists. I think, you know, they're not wrong to charge what they do. It's just that it was, it was cool to see so many people um, say that when I've seen in other places on the web, people shaming women or, you know, men, but mostly women who do choose not to have traditional flowers. So it was things like that or saying like, I had a barbecue and it was awesome. Like, just like people were very proud of the choices they made. And I yeah. think that that was part of why the post was fun to read because it was nice to see people really feeling good and confident about the decisions they've made. Can I just say, Rachel, if you are listening and you're one of the people that shame other people about their floral decisions, then you need <laughs> to just get a life. You need to get outside, really? see the world and have a long, hard think about who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Very crazy. Now, um, Rachel, in preparation for our interview, I Googled the quote facts about BuzzFeed mm-hmm. and shit got meta. It really oh. got meta. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was I'm like sure. me Googling the Google, the Google, and then into the BuzzFeed. It was like going into, uh, I don't know, it was like going into the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. People have very strong opinions about BuzzFeed as well. So, ah, oh, well, look, I, I, I think BuzzFeed has changed the internet. I, not to go blowing smoke, but it's really changed the way we share things. It's changed, you know, the lists, all this sort of stuff. But it has really, it really made its mark on the wedding industry and, and, and inspiring. I would put BuzzFeed up against or with Pinterest in in how we are being aspirational towards our wedding days. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, we haven't done a ton of wedding content on BuzzFeed feed up until this point it's been a little bit it's been through our diy and kind of through um a buzz team writing the the kind of funny posts about the you know experiences of like being a bridesmaid and things like that Mm -hmm. the the wedding content we've done has done extremely well people respond well to it um particularly on pinterest tons of of content or tons of feedback and, and positive just you know traffic coming from from pinterest so um i think in general buzzfeed has changed has been a game changer on the internet and i hope that it it it's going to make a positive impact on the wedding industry for sure. Well, I think definitely if you are looking, like you said, you're looking for DIY, you're looking for quote unique ideas in, and Mm -hmm. you know, to be inspired by people that have perhaps taken a risk that you would go, Oh, I don't know if I can do that. And then seeing other people Mm -hmm. have a, you know, I'm always banging on, I love apocalyptica. I love zombie shit. I love all that stuff. And Uh I, you know, you see all these people incorporate their love of and television. I mean, who wasn't Mm -hmm. raised by the television, but to have these little tip of the hats to these passions or hobbies in their weddings, I think that's really cool. And it's not saying, well, nothing, it doesn't all have to be floral. We don't have to have swirly writing on our invitations because Mm -hmm. that can be not necessarily everyone's bag. So it's nice to see that being shared. Yeah. And I think one thing that BuzzFeed has done really well is um, has spoken to fandom in general and Mm. has made it cool to be, really geeked out about Harry Potter and um, Doctor Who and Star Wars and all of these different communities that have just people who are so into them. And so I think um, being able to say like, hey, here's a cool, actually we had a a post-apocalyptic engagement shoot that I posted back in the fall that was really just cool. And and it was like, these people 
just did something creative and awesome. Like I let's all that. look at it and share it. Cause it's, you know, and, and you often, the sharing that we see is people saying to their partner, let's do this or yeah. saying to their bridesmaids, we should do this, or you should do this to the bride. And it's so cool that people are saying like, they're, they're truly inspired. The word inspiration gets thrown out constantly with weddings and, <laughs> and with the internet, but it's nice that people like genuinely do feel inspired to try something. And I think with, with BuzzFeed life, we're seeing more of that. And it's, that's like giving us this huge rush of energy to just keep doing more of that, just to, to genuinely giving people new ways and different ways to just be happy and have an awesome time, you know? Yeah. And it does. And it is it, it, the popularity of them again saying on my Facebook page, when I post, when I share one of the specially wedding stuff, it goes off. It goes, I wish my own post went off like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, guys, I get it. You really like it. Uh, <laughs> well, Debbie Downer on myself there. Hey, so Rachel, tell me what is the future? I know that you have got a bit of a, uh, an announcement to make about where BuzzFeed might be taking weddings in general. Can you share yes. a little bit more I, about that? Yes, I'm, I'm so excited to announce that BuzzFeed is going to have its own weddings vertical within BuzzFeed Life. Um, so previously, if you go to BuzzFeed Life, you'll see different things like health, travel on that landing page. And now weddings will have its own spot on there, which is so exciting for us. Um, we've we started with the wedding's Facebook page just to kind of get that going, and the response was great, and it has been quickly building followers and fans. And I'm excited because having a dedicated vertical means that as an editor, it's so much easier for me to find great content it's um, or, or cool ideas and things like that. Um, but it means that you know the wedding industry will pay more attention, and and photographers and couples and and creatives of all kinds will help us really uncover the best ideas and cool things and, and all that, that that I love to share. That is so ace because it is something that I know, you know, going to BuzzFeed, I purposefully look for this stuff. So it's good to be able to know where I can find it in one spot and go, yes, share all of the stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, BuzzFeed is growing so quickly that I think uh, a lot of people who do have sort of a specific interest, it can be hard to surface that information. Mm. So uh, it's always nice to be able to navigate a site a little bit easier and find the thing that you really care about. Um, but I would say also, too, I'm excited because we're not just focusing on weddings and wedding inspiration. I'm a big believer in talking about marriage and what happens after a wedding um, yeah. and, and also different types of weddings and uh, second weddings or, you know, or and things of that nature. And uh, I've met with other teams. Um, I had a meeting with the LGBT team and we talked a lot about how in the, how 2015 seems like a year in which we're going to really redefine families. Um, and, and we've already been doing that, but I think as gay marriage becomes just such an everyday topic of conversation, I've seen more and more media outlets talking about the different, just different types of families in general. I think people are becoming more comfortable talking about, and, and I think that's in part just due to the internet, but I see posts about adoption and, um, you know, people who get married and have their kids in their wedding from their first marriage or people who are pregnant when they get married. And I think, that like really thinking about what it means to be a family and create a new family is just such a, a positive thing. And I'm, I'm so excited to have an opportunity to help shape that discussion on BuzzFeed. I'm so happy you said that because one thing I've noticed and I've had emails from listeners who sort of ask, I mean, I love my Q&A episodes because 
you know, people come out of all over the you know world with these questions where you just go, oh, of course, why isn't anyone talking about that? Like I had a lovely question from a lady who was in her second marriage just saying, hey, there are no cool wedding dresses for older brides. We're only mm-hmm. seeing, you know, images of women who are look, who are, look bizarrely premature anyway. They're all 19-year-olds modeling these wedding dresses. And she's right. like, I don't want to wear a Nana wedding dress, but I want mm-hmm. to be able to feel, you know, sassy and awesome, but also mm-hmm. not in some sort of low back gown that I'm going to look like a real housewife. So Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's really nice because I can see that's a sort of um, angle I'm sure that you guys will be focusing on and and it's not all – also diversity as well. I had a, a, another um, blogger, she's called New Bride, and she's a British mm-hmm. blogger, but she talks about diversity uh, in weddings and the fact that she started this blog because she, when she was getting married, she opened up all the magazines and there were only sort of white girls with long hair. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Just going, ah, really no black brides in mainstream, mm-hmm. you know, wedding media. So I just think the fact that you guys are funding, you're not – praying to the advertisers needs it's mm-hmm. going to be great to see the content that you produce in-house thank you i'm so excited to, to hear you say that and yeah diversity is one of my big goals that um i mean diversifying the current state of the wedding industry shouldn't be hard because it's so sure you'll so be a champion in two you know, weeks <laughs> right it, it's not even that difficult but that's the thing that's sort of frustrating that when we do it it's really not that hard like it you know takes a little bit of extra time to make sure that your post is not all just straight thin white women sure. um and yet no one is real. I mean, I won't say no one, but I, uh, you don't see much of that, especially from the biggest players. And that is sort of absurd to me. It's um, weird because it's the it's audience weird. too. It's like you go, well, yeah. especially in the States, you've got a, a huge diverse community from all different backgrounds and colors and shapes and sizes. You go, oh my God, you can make a lot more money if you were marketing to these people. I know. It's, it's just a bad business decision. Um, and I get my only... The only thing I can surmise is that the people who are making those decisions are, uh, they, they fit that demographic and so they don't notice. Mm. Um, and I think that's, you know, BuzzFeed has been very open about their commitment to diversity in hiring. And, um, I think that's part of the reason that we're going to have a, you know, a different way of doing things, which is awesome. And I think, you know, I, I hope that more media companies in general will, will take that away from BuzzFeed that I think a big part of our success so far has been, um, our, commitment to diversity in the newsroom absolutely and and this also again you mentioned the newsroom i mean i when lots of i hate to say when shit goes down i do go to buzzfeed and read your newsroom is up with the best of them it really they is. are and, and that's been a big thing of, of letting people know that because they, they have this idea of what buzzfeed is and then we we always get comments on every single type of post that's not, you know not 17 cat gifts yeah. <laughs> that are like oh i can't believe i'm reading this on buzzfeed or like oh this is the best thing i've ever read on buzzfeed and it's just like dude like read more because it's there you just gotta know to come back for it so yeah. we're trying to make sure that people everybody knows about buzzfeed but we want to make sure that they know all these like cool and special things about buzzfeed now, I cannot not mention your wonderful blog. I've been following oh, for a while your you. personal <laughs> blog, and I'm going to uh, um, link to, as all my listeners know, all the links that I've talked about today will be in my show notes page. Um, but it is uh, com, and it is a wonderful personal blog where, I mean, I have learned so much, and I actually, because you live in New York, I get a bit New York mm. uh, jealous I could have other things and go, I want to go and eat some pretzels where you've just gone and eat them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a really wonderful personal blog. I don't know where the hell you get all the time to do all this, well, writing <laughs> slash eating slash exploring. 
it's funny. I, um, cause I feel like I don't, I, so I started blogging. That was sort of how I started on the web back in college in 2005 when like nobody had a blog yet, like blogs oh, were not a it. thing. Um, and it's so just you and me, it was just you and yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, it was like a, we didn't even have YouTube at that point. So like oh, at videos, geez. it was just a totally different game, you know? Um, and so I grew up or not grew up, but like kind of came of age when blogging was really like reaching this great peak and like bloggers were becoming like pseudo celebrities and these people who can write, you know, every single day, possibly more. And so now to not have the time because somebody else is paying me to write, which is amazing. Like that, that sort of is always my goal is to, to blogging was like a means to an end. In a lot of ways, it was a creative outlet because I didn't, you know, didn't get hired at the school newspaper that I, you know, didn't have a job. So I was doing that to like build up my own career. Well, suck um, into them right now. Can I just say yeah. that? <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, that's the thing with me and like old media, I feel like goes back many years, which is funny. But um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, now that I only have time to really write a, on my personal blog once or twice a week, I often feel guilty because I'm like, oh, I, I miss it. And I loved oh. having the time for it. But when you have such an outlet like BuzzFeed, there's not as much need to be able to uh, to write for myself. But I, it, it's funny, too, because Instagram and Twitter have just changed the game so much that you don't need a blog as much anymore. And I think that that it'll be interesting to see. Sometimes I feel very old school for still bothering to update my blog because that's evolved so much in the past few years. Well, it's interesting you said that because one of my questions for you was about downtime. And I think that a lot of people would say they surf the web for downtime, whereas Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've lived in a very online sort of world with what I do, and I know you do that as well. So it's really great Mm -hmm. to go to the blog and see you getting talking about going to restaurants and getting out and taking photos. And, you know, I think we share a, a, a passion for design and aesthetic mm-hmm. stuff. So it's sort of nice to see outside world. But then also I visit your blog for my links to long form pieces. I think we, mm-hmm. again, you know, like reading sort of long form journalism is something I see as my downtime. So Yeah, me too. And and, and writing and blogging has, is is still a like a relaxing thing for me that I like to do and that makes me feel really good and nourished. So I I I'm not one of those people who like I must unplug like because I don't know about you, but like I was the kid who like always had my book, my face in a book when I was younger. I loved reading. And so when people sort of knock on people who are on their phones all the time and complain about it, it's like, well, I'm like reading really good stuff. I'm learning something from what I'm reading. So I don't see that as inherently negative. Um, So for me, it's about just being super aware of it. Actually, that was one of my 2015 goals was to like not just read stupid shit on the internet and like zone out and like read my phone at 11 o'clock and just be on Facebook. But like, if I'm going to be reading on my phone, it better be something that's like feeding my brain, which is not to say that I don't like, look look at stupid stuff on the internet. Cause I do, but you know, that point, I think everyone knows when they suddenly just start to feel gross about it. Yeah. Um, there, and yeah. The gross point is a fascinating conversation of just yeah. going, <laughs> but for me too, like I need to go out and do things where I have nothing to write about. Like you have to go engage in the world or, or what do you have to even say anymore? You know? Oh, totally. And that, and it is the thing to say, to see the people. And again, we go back, look at this callback to the people that are bitching and moaning and shaming mm-hmm. people. They're the people that really do need to step outside and maybe have an experience and then come back yeah. and share it. Yeah. Well, and that's funny too that you mentioned it because sometimes when I'm reading these super negative comments that I'm thinking, do you hate all the weddings you go to? Like, I don't think you do. Like, I'm sure, like, I just don't believe that all of these people hate weddings that much. Like, no. You know, I think most people are genuinely good people, nice people, normal 
people. Um, I don't know what it is about the wedding nervous or about the internet that makes people suddenly feel different from themselves and sort of angry. And, and it's like, Oh, come on. You were, you're tearing up at that wedding just like everyone else. I'll stop it. You, you know, love that bon bonnieri just as much as everybody else. Let's all yeah. just relax. Yeah. I just, I, I find it hard to believe that everyone's so cynical and snarky in real life. I have faith that even though I, I mean, I live in London, I talk all the time about, I, I have, I'm the optimistic Australian that smiles mm-hmm. at people on the tube and they look at me like I'm some sort of Hare Krishna weirdo that's coming up. <laughs> and I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just trying to be right. nice. I'm happy. <laughs> right, well, yeah. One of the things about BuzzFeed that really attracted me is the earnestness. And um, like I said, you know, part of the reason we have attracted the fandom is because we are fans of things and we're not embarrassed about it and we don't. Um, feel the need to cut down people who are. And so I think that it's, it's nice to go someplace on the internet where you can just kind of geek out and, and love something openly and, and gush about it. And uh, for me writing about weddings, it's nice to do that for an audience who's like surprisingly pretty cool about it. I mean, you know, you, you, there will always be people who have obnoxious comments to make, but I've yeah. been really gratified by the positive feedback we've gotten on wedding articles because that's not the norm everywhere on the internet. And, and my hope is that as we build weddings, that we'll keep an eye on the comments and the way people talk to each other and just not let that kind of nasty stuff fester and, and happen. I, I would I would like to to make it clear that that's not the culture we're trying to build. Yeah. And if you do it, you know, well, down to you and look mm-hmm. i just think it's it's really exciting to see where this goes and i think this will um shake up some of the you know like some of the vendors where i think i had a a wonderful interview about, about gay weddings with a a guy called blake scullerup who is a um he's actually an olympian amazing a new zealand <laughs> olympian who's been writing for half post about his wedding and we were talking all about vendor discrimination and all that bullshit mm-hmm. that's happening and i just said the main point we sort of made is to say you know this this can't go on and the more mm-hmm. we talk about it and it expose this sort of stuff and say how ridiculous it is the better so Mm -hmm. building up on the positivity and hopefully overshadowing all that sort of bullshit will um will reign supreme yeah i've got some i've got lots of post ideas for ways to to really just cut through that and hopefully you know they'll click with people you kind of hope that if you just keep saying it people will start to start to get it yeah, and I mean, and also highlighting, I think, and I'm sure I found it through a BuzzFeed post, and now I'm going to forget the name of the company, and I will list them again in the blog, but there was an amazing Irish um, a paper company, a stationer, who said, send us all your homophobic, uh, rubbishy uh, leaflets if you get them, and we'll pulp them into confetti to yes. give to people at gay weddings. So and I was like, awesome. oh, you guys are geniuses. beautiful. Yeah, and there's so many cool companies doing things like that around weddings. Just, you know, whether it's responding to something that's currently happening or just coming up with new ways of doing things to make things easier. Um, and it's always fun to be able to, to find them and to elevate them and to help them, you know, build their their following and their audience and, yeah. and customer base. And it is nice. That is nice that you do highlight that and people, um, people's businesses, and I don't want to be dramatic, but a lot of people can get a lot of attention, especially when you link to Etsy people and smaller Mm. vendors. So it's really nice to see you supporting not just the big companies as well, that you're finding these little unique, clever people to highlight. So try to. I mean, there's so many coming out, you know, just kind of keeping a, a finger to the pulse and seeing who's coming out and who's worth sharing is definitely one of you know, it's my job. I'm excited to do it. And it's, I wouldn't say it's challenging, but sorting through all of the, the crazy wedding ideas, because there's a whole other handful of people who just want to get in on weddings because they want to sell something and they know people will pay. Yeah. Well, that's gross. Um, now, if people... 
That, that's it. That's gross. Shut yep. that shit down. And yeah, there's no other way of putting it. It sucks. <laughs> Move on to another industry. We don't want you. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Rachel, if people want to, if people have something amazing, they're like, this should be on BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. I know that you can upload. I've made my own lists in the past, so mm-hmm. you can do that yourself. But is there anything you would suggest to share if a photographer's had a crazy shoot that they're like, this is great for you? How do we share that with you? Always. Um, I can just share my email address is my is rachel.miller at buzzfeed.com. I love getting pitches. Uh, send them my way. Right. You know, we're always looking for unique things that haven't been done before or um, especially with, with wedding stories that are emotional. That's what people connect with. And I love to read them. I love to share them. Those moments of just really powerful. One of the biggest wedding stories from uh, recently was this bride whose fiance dumped her right before the wedding. And she did a photo shoot in her dress the day of like with these um, paintball guns and just skyrocketed and went viral because it was so awesome and just so different. You don't see people talking about uh, being, you know, dumped right before their wedding. And you certainly don't see them talking about it in such an empowered and and confident way. It was really an awesome post. And I think yeah. those are the sorts of stories that we're looking to share. It was stunning. And the colors were beautiful and she mm-hmm. was bold. And I mean, Rachel, I got dumped five weeks before my first wedding and <sighs> it launched my stand up comedy career. So I think I constantly <laughs> thank my ex fiance for being a bit of a dick. And, uh, but then also I would have been divorced by now. So I say, <laughs> yeah, those are the great stories. Not to say my story is the great story. That sounded a bit on myself. <laughs> but I mean, they're the stories like you said we you know you you perhaps don't get talked about as much but then Mm -hmm. again like that post was one of those posts that I just like fist pumped when I saw it like yes yes and and those are the (laughs) things and also it's those are the posts that are cool when you do read the comments about people saying like I like you just said like this happened to me too and you realize that this not only is this like a great story and all these things but you realize as a reader who's maybe experiencing it that like I'm not alone and that's Mm. such an awesome thing to have happen Mm. Well, look, it has been such a pleasure to spend the time with you, Rachel. I really hope we get to talk again soon because I think there will be, oh, look, so many more things to talk about in the way of the wedding world. Yeah. I would love to chat more. Oh, that's so nice. Now, again, if you want to catch up with Rachel, of course, hit her up on the email and uh, also visit savethedatepodcast.com where you can see all the links and I will link to all the amazing articles of Rachel's and her blog, which I am going to linger on for too long today (laughs) after this interview. Thank you so much again, Rachel. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure. (laughs) Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.